All right, well, um, starting this new year, we are going to be taking about the next three to four-ish weeks, and we are going to be preaching through different psalms. And so tonight we are going to be teaching through Psalm 77. And so if you have your Bibles, you uh, like a paper Bible, please get that out. Turn to Psalm 77. Um, if you're using your phone and you're using the YouVersion Bible app to access your Bible, you can use that as well. We'll be using the New International Version. Um, and you know, just as we begin this new year, I want us to remember God's faithfulness no matter what the situation is. That's ultimately what Psalm 77 is referencing, is remembering God's faithfulness. And maybe last year uh, was an amazing year for you. Maybe you look back and there was so many mon monumental occasions. You got your license. Um, maybe you moved into a different house. Maybe you, um, you know, began a new friendship with somebody, or maybe 2022 was the worst year that you've had. Maybe you had um, a bad breakup. Maybe you struggled through your classes. I don't know what it is, but what I do know is that we know that Jesus is in the midst of all of that with the believer. And I want to look at Psalm 77 tonight to give us a framework to work through distress and how we can keep our focus on the faithfulness of God through distress. And so I'm going to invite Kyan to come up. He is going to read Psalm 77. So if you would So if you wouldn't mind standing with us as we read Psalm 77. <clears throat> I cried out to God for help. I cried, out, I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought out the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be com comforted. I remember you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all of your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. With the waters saw you, or the waters saw you, God, the waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were consoled, convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thanks, Kyan. 
So the, the book of Psalms is, is a book of, of songs and poetry. And so when you read uh, through the Psalms, you'll notice that it's not necessarily um, how we would maybe talk to one another because these are written um, as poetry and as songs. But you can see in this that there is a flow. It's almost as if you're reading the thoughts of the writer of this psalm, or maybe you're a fly on the wall in his prayer time as he's crying out to God. And you are reading and could potentially even feel what he's feeling. And there's a, there's a different type of honesty that we feel when we know that no one else is around. When you talk with uh, one of your best friends about personal things, you feel more freedom to share um, and, and to think about different things when you're with that person because you know that you can trust them. Um, if you're in your room alone, and maybe you're one of those people that when you're processing things, you go to your room and maybe you um, verbally process out loud. I don't know if any of you guys are like that. It just helps your mind. So you're verbally processing these things. You're verbally um, communicating just how angry or frustrated you are. And you potentially say things that you would never say to a person's face. Or maybe you're a writer or a person who journals. And so when you are writing, in your bedroom, you might write things that you would never actually say to a person's face. And maybe you've been like the, the psalmist and have poured out your heart before God and have been brutally honest. And here's the thing, there's a sense of liberation that we, that we feel when we share with someone um, our heart and decide not to bottle up our feelings. But here's the thing, even when you feel this sense of liberation after a rant session, um, as time goes on, if nothing changes with whatever you were ranting about, you might find yourself in the same spot a few weeks or a few months later. And this could also um, describe the current state of your relationship with God. Maybe you have cried out to him and you've had a, quote, rant session with God, just bearing all of your frustrations about the things that are taking place. And maybe a few weeks have gone by, a few months have gone by, and nothing has changed. And then it comes down to the question, so how do we trust God when the bad doesn't change? Because that's just the reality of life. Sometimes God doesn't remove the situations or the circumstances from our life. So how do we process through that? And here's the reality. Um, this is a question that we can't necessarily fully answer tonight. But our text has ways for us to process and deal with those feelings. And so we're going to walk through Psalm 77 section by section. And the first section is found in verses 1 and 2. It says this, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. So what we are reading here is a man who is lamenting something that has taken place in his life. Something um, is happening to where he feels this need to cry out to God for help. And then we know that whatever is happening in his life is a big deal because if we jump down to verses 7 through 9, he questions uh, whether or not God has actually rejected him. He questions whether or not God has van his love for him has vanished forever or if he has forgotten how to be compassionate. And these would have been really big deals to use this strong language in lament. 
Um, last February and March, we did a sermon series about prayer and the, the different types of prayer that we see in the Bible. And one of the types of prayers that we see over and over again, especially in the Psalms, 50 of the Psalms are considered Psalms of lament and prayers of lament. And I want to read a couple of quotes about what lament is. A lament is a form of prayer. It is more than just the expression of sorrow or the venting of emotion. Lament talks to God about pain, and it has a unique purpose, trust. It's a divinely given invitation to pour out our fears, frustrations, and sorrows for the purpose of helping us to renew our confidence in God. Another man put it this way. He said, lament gives us the opportunity to face and name our pain and then to create space for future hope, all without glossing over tragedy. The Bible gives us space for God's people to do this. So if you were to summarize all of this, you could say this, lament gives a voice to the sufferer. And in the the sermon series that we did on lament, we covered the four elements included in lament. You, You turning to God, bringing your complaint to God, asking God boldly for help and choosing to trust him. And so Psalm 77 is a psalm of lament. It covers all four of these categories. And verses one through two displays the psalmist, quote, turning to God in his pain and suffering. And interestingly, though, at the end of verse two, he says, I would not be comforted. So it's almost as though for some reason his soul is not finding any rest. He's pouring out his heart to God. He's crying out to God, but he's still feeling this inner turmoil. And so he continues to search for God's help in verses three through six. So let's read those. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked. So as the psalmist remembered, meditated, and sang songs of the past, he began to ask questions, verses seven through nine. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in his anger withheld his compassion? Here's the encouraging thing about what we just read through verses seven through nine. He's asking questions. He's asking extremely honest questions. And so we come to this conclusion that asking questions is not wrong. Sometimes we have it in our minds that if we are to follow Jesus, that we are never allowed to ask questions, that we're never allowed to feel like a tension in the belief system of following Jesus. And this guy, he's, he, what he felt, he thought might last forever. What he was experiencing, he thought the Lord had abandoned him and would never show compassion and mercy again. And this is real life for the person who wrote this psalm. And this might feel like your life as well. Some things that happen in life are unexpected and some things that happen in life are unwanted and they feel like they'll last forever. Some of, some of you might be processing the loss of someone that you love. Maybe some of you are processing the sorrow of an ended relationship. Or maybe you have an inner turmoil that's confusing and it feels like that you'll never find the answer. 
And here is where we see the psalmist expressing the second element of lament. He's bringing these different things to God. He describes how he feels like God is absent. He, if he feels how God is complacent and loveless. And here's the reality. My prayer for us tonight is that we would find comfort in the sovereignty of God and the reality that God is present and he has not left us. But one of the difficult things about dealing with pain and following Jesus that's hard to reconcile is knowing that God is good, but still experiencing pain simultaneously. I'm sure most of you in this room can resonate with that. Like, you know that God is good. You know that God has a plan. But at the same time, you're like, I'm going through a lot of crap right now. I'm going through a lot of things that I don't understand and don't make sense. So as a believer, how do you live in the middle of that? And it's, to, to be honest, uh, Megan and I, over the course of, um, like, the Advent season after um, Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve, there were lots of conversations that we have, that we had just in our living room talking about this very topic of, like, how do we reconcile um, when we know God is good, but it doesn't feel like God is good? Um, and so if you're processing that question as well and dealing with pain, I hope that this psalm brings comfort to you. Let's continue reading verses 10 through 12. Then I thought to this, and what this, this is referencing is his questions. I will appeal the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. And so what he chooses to do is remember the faithfulness of God in the past. So he remembers to, um, he, he decides to remember God's miracles, not just in his life, but also in the people of Israel. And then he continues, verse 13, your ways, God, are holy. What God is, is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people. The descendants of Jacob and Joseph, the waters saw you. God, the water saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning, your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters, through your footprints, though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And what we just read here is the writer remembering that God has redeemed and set his people apart. His power and strength has been displayed to the other nations and God has delivered the people of Israel from captivity into freedom. And we have that same invitation today. We can be redeemed, saved from our sins and set apart when we receive forgiveness through what Jesus did on the cross when we have surrendered our lives to Jesus, repented of our sins and received the gift of salvation, we can be confident that God is with us and will be with us no matter what we feel. Whether you feel hurt, angry or alone, you can know that God is sovereign above all things and sees you and loves you. And this Psalm also teaches us that God is not afraid of your feelings. 
Sometimes we can feel as if we can't feel certain sorts of things towards God, but God's not scared by your feelings. You're not lesser of a Christian if you express sorrow or doubt. Because the thing is, is those are all things, are all part of the human existence and will continue to be a part of your life this side of heaven. And this text invites us to put our trust in God who has been faithful since the beginning of time. And so if you were to summarize all of um, Psalm 77 and what we've talked about, you could summarize it this way. Comfort comes from remembering the faithfulness of God. But here's the thing. This doesn't mean that everything will instantly get better. But it does promise that we are not alone and that we know that God has a plan. And I want to add this before we go into our small groups as well. Another valuable part of remembering God's faithfulness is being in consistent community with other believers. This is why what we are doing tonight is important. We're gathering together. We're singing songs about God's faithfulness, hearing the word preached, and talking about those things with people. That's why things like winter camp are important. It gives you focused time to learn and grow. It's like what we're doing with small groups starting in February. It's why things like that are important. Things change when we gather together and we process our feelings. I know it's kind of weird sometimes when we process the things that we're feeling, the things that we're struggling with, and when we're coming alongside of other people who love us and want us to, to move forward. And so we're going to move to our small groups. We're going to talk about um, this passage, and we're going to talk about how it applies to our life and how we can move forward in this. And so um, let's head into our small groups. Uh, in the back of the room are the guys. In the front of the room are the girls. Um, high school is on this side of the room. Middle school is on this side of the room. And your small group leader will dismiss you. you.